Well, I, I got to tell you, it's an honor to be here. Well, there's a lot of you. Yeah. I think we got like two row for Project Salt. I'm like, hey, guys, cut on up. That's kind of cute right here. It, it, it truly is an honor to be here, and I'm excited to be here. I tell you what, you know, as, as a pastor, I've been a pastor for 13 years. Not a lot, but in very uh, different scenarios. I've been in, in large places, so I've experienced a lot in 13 years. I was down in Houston for a while in, in, in a church working with students. If you've never worked with students, make sure you do it. It'll drive you crazy. <laughs> do that. And then uh, then went to Oklahoma City and, and joined a church that was even larger there. And I was, uh, you know, doing working with youth pastors, a lot of youth pastors, and experienced some really, really good things in that as well. As I look at you, I wish we could all sit and kind of tell our stories of what God's doing in our lives. Because I guarantee every single one of us, we're sitting here right now, there's a story of why you're sitting here right now. It's not an accident that you're here. God's purpose that you're here in this place right now and that you're leading God's people in this place. Do you know what an honor that is? Such an honor. So for me to be here and talking to you is, uh, is an incredible honor. Uh, I want to thank um, Pastor Darren and Pastor Lynette. Um, you, guys are, you guys are amazing. I mean, just friends and seeing the anointing of God on you guys and what you're doing in this place. It's good. Satan's real. Satan will attack. Are you guys going to stand up against those attacks? Are you going to see them as juvenile attacks? Because they're juvenile. Satan's already been defeated. You agree they're juvenile attacks? And you've got to see them for what they are. God's advancing you. God's moving you forward. He's taking you to the promised land. And you're not going to stay over there, are you? You're not going to walk like an Egyptian, are you? That was funny. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at that. I want to give you a quick, a quick little story of Aaron Havens. And then I want to kind of wrap it up with, with a little challenge. And then, Darren, you, you can kind of take it from there. The story of Aaron Havens. I was thrust into church. I was thrust into very large church work. And I could tell you, when I got into church work, when I had my days off, what I liked to do, what hobbies, what skills. I could tell you about Aaron Havens. Then I started working in a church. And I started working a lot in a church because I saw what God could do and the beauty of it. And, oh, wow, lives are being changed. And, man, the weight of it and the honor of it and the joy of it and all this stuff. And fast forward through time, four four or five, six years later, when and if I got a day off, I didn't know what I was going to do. Actually, I did. I was going to sleep. That's not good. That's not good. And so I switched scenarios from one church to another and tried to change things up a little bit. But by this point, I was getting so bitter at what I had allowed happen to my life because the ministries I was part of were doing some incredible, incredible things. But my perspective had gotten skewed. And me, me, myself, I was getting sick in the middle of what God was doing. He was doing incredible things in these ministries that he had me part of. But my perspective was getting twisted and, and ugly. You ever been around someone that's negative? Yes. Is it contagious? Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, here I find myself in, in one of the largest churches in America speaking to youth pastors daily and trying to encourage them and instruct them how to do their ministry and, and, and leading this place. And I realized, Aaron Havens, you have become negative And you are disgusting right now. 
And I knew that I needed to back away from church. I needed to take a little sabbatical because my perspective was wrong. So I grabbed my wife and I grabbed my two girls and we did what everyone should do. Move to Mexico. (laughs) Makes sense. Run for the border, huh? Move to Mexico. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't do that. Mexico is an incredible time. Because up until this point, seemingly, whatever I was touching, God was blowing it up. It was getting successful. I moved to Mexico, and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what was going on, and I was confused. I didn't like the Church of America anymore. And in Mexico, I got to see God working in my heart and in my life and in my wife's heart and in my my wife's mind. And he starts shaping us and molding us and showing us beauty again and saying, get your perspective right. Man, don't get negative. Don't listen to the naysayers. Funny you would say that. Don't, don't do that. Because if you take your eyes off of me, you're going to sink in the water like Peter did. I have a couple verses for you. And if you have your Bible, open them up. Okay, Proverbs 27.7. This is, this is such an encouraging and challenging verse for me. Proverbs 27, 7 says this. He who is full loathes honey. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Let me read this again. Just think of this. He who is full loathes honey. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Well, I applaud you, you're here. I applaud you, you're leaders of, of, of NC3. Did I say that right? I, I applaud you that you're here and you're leaders. And as we look at Proverbs 27, 7, he who is full loathes honey. And I want to ask you a question today. Are you, when you leave here, or before you even came here today, are you spending time with Jesus? Amen. And keeping your eyes on Jesus and keeping the right perspective. Are you? Or did you show up here and put on a good show today? I mean, I didn't wear cowboy boots. I wish I had some, though. I would have worn them. I've got one pair. They're not broken in, so I didn't wear them. I think you'd make fun of me. I'd feel awkward. So I got my vans on, okay? I don't look as good as Darren. He looks good. Except the mustache. I don't know. Since this will be my last time speaking, I'm just going to put it out here. The question is serious. You can show up here and you can put on a show. Did you? Only you can answer that. I showed up to church many times, put on a show. My perspective was skewed. I began to take my eyes off of Jesus. And when you do that, you sink in the water. You could show up here and make coffee. You could show up here and be on the prayer team. You can show up here and go through all the actions. But if it's not in you, you're going to fail. Proverbs 27, 7 says, He who is full loathes honey. If you have Jesus and not have Jesus, if Jesus is in you and you are alive in Jesus and he's oozing off of you and radiating off of you, even when the sweet honey comes, you're like, man, I'm, I'm full, I'm good. I'm good. However, look at the second half of this verse. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. 
If you're not spending time with Jesus personally growing, vibrant in your relationship with Him and in love with Him, any shiny thing is going to come along and you're going to run to it. But if you are full with Jesus, you're full. That's it. If you're putting on a show and you're coming here day in and day out, week in and week out, and you're not alive with God, you are on a bad course. Are you full today? Proverbs 17, 15. Just scoot over a little bit. This one kind of came to me uh, as I was even listening to, to Lynette speak today. Um, and I've been guilty of this. And I hope none of you are guilty of this. But I have an idea that you are. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. I have a question for you. Have you ever seen a man that's running after God or a woman that's running after God and yet you go behind closed doors and you say bad stuff about them? You begin to condemn them? The man of God, the woman of God, and you begin to condemn them? Have you ever seen a pastor over in the northern Colorado or have you ever seen someone down in South Texas that you don't agree with and maybe they they don't dress the way you do or something, but they're still a man or a woman of God, but your words and with your words, with your attitude, you begin to condemn them, you begin to judge them? Have you ever been in a small group where someone was being vulnerable and you begin to condemn them behind closed doors? You begin to talk bad about them when no one else is around? I'll tell you what, I know how Satan will get in here and destroy this church and this body it's when we come together and we encourage and we love and spur each other on but then we get in our trucks nice trucks really nice trucks out there and we drive off and we begin to talk to our wife about oh so and so said this or so and so did this or this and this and this and the bickering starts to happen and we begin to condemn the godly men and women that God has put us with this body of Jesus Christ that we're supposed to love and cherish and encourage we begin to condemn them Have you ever done that? If you're doing that, stop. That's where Satan will get in and divide this body. So my two encouraging words to you today are this. What's your perspective? Are you keeping the right perspective? Are you keeping your eye on Jesus Christ? Are you full and vibrant in him? Because if you are, it's good. It's good. But if you're putting on a show, it's only a matter of time. And so you just can't take it anymore. And also, are you speaking encouraging words in front of people's face and behind their back? Because you have their interests at at best, whatever you're supposed to say. You have their best interests at the foremost of your mind. The Bible says, let us pray continually, correct? It also says, let us spur each other on to love and good deeds. You guys could probably use the word spur and really go crazy with it. (laughs) Let us spur each other on to love and good deeds. You know what that means? Because Darren is my friend. He's a brother in Christ. I should be up on Tuesdays praying for your gathering. I should be thinking of ways to spur him on to love and good deeds. And we should be doing that to every single one of us in this room. 
You guys are rocking it. I can't say rocking it. You're country in it. You're killing it. You're rocking it. You're absolutely rocking it. Let, let, me, let me pray for us, please, if I could. Play a little breast blessing over us. God, by no means, by all means, by whatever means it may be, I pray that you protect this flock, protect this body right here. Whatever's going on in these men and women, in their mind and in their heart, may it, if it's distraction of Satan, may it be gone right now in this moment. God, I pray that in the hearts of the men and women in this room, you begin to grab them, mold them, shape them, encourage them, get them excited, pump them up for this great thing that you've asked all of us to be part of. God, I know that we'll go about our week this week. We'll come across people that are far from you. May our hearts be drawn to them. May our words be focused to them. May they they be full of love and joy and compassion, not condemnation and hate. And I pray for our hearts personally, that even as we get out of our chair and we go wherever we're going today, that your love will be in us. But God, if we're guilty of having the wrong perspective, or if we're guilty of speaking poorly about each other, that you'll crush us with that until we get it off our chest and we get it right, God. I pray against or for this body that you'll protect it, that Satan will not have a way in this place at all. God, you're holy. God, you're beautiful. You're big. And you are mighty. May we stand on the highest mountain and proclaim it with the loudest voice possible that you are holy and worthy. And may others be drawn to you. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.